listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome in to episode number 124 We have a big show for you this week. Lots of news locally with local promotions. We have a new Warrior Wrestling Champion. And we have a new Freelance World Champion. And we'll talk about all of that. All the great weekend happenings with those two promotions. Plus lots of other news. Plus WWE CEO or now for now former WWE CEO Vince McMahon. Plus, we have our special guest for this week, POW Entertainment prospect, up-and-coming rising star, it's your boy, Mason Perks. You'll hear that a whole lot more right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. Hey, it's the cryonic redneck Cold Stone Tim Boston, CS underscore Tim Boston on social media. And when I'm not scooping, when I'm not wrestling, I'm listening to Windy City Slam. Give me a, well, yeah. Well, yeah. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast. And in just a little bit, we're going to get to our special guest this week. It's your boy, Mason Perks. And we'll talk about Power Entertainment's show this weekend a little bit with him, as well as his career. And very excited to talk to Mason for the very first time on the program. Let's get to the national stuff first, and then we'll break down both Warrior Wrestling and Freelance Wrestling's big shows from this past weekend. This Sunday night, June the 26th, AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling come to Chicago's United Center for Forbidden Door. And this is going to be a really exciting event. Two of the largest wrestling companies in the world coming together for a joint venture and it's going to be pretty pretty cool and once again chicago reaps the benefit of aew's love and let's take a quick look at the card as it stands right now for the interim aew world championship john moxley takes on hiroshi tanahashi and the winner of this match at some point down the line will take on cm punk to become the aew champion when punk is ready to return from his injury Then we have a four-way match to crown the first ever AEW All-Atlantic champion. Already in that four-way are Pac and Miro. And then the other two competitors will be decided between two matches to be determined this week. 
Malachi Black or Penta Oscuro. And in the other matches, Clark Connors or Tomohiro Ishii. And then there's the six-man tag. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki take on Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Yumino. IWGP United States Championship and the champion, Will Ospreay, hot off his losing the Warrior Wrestling Championship this past weekend. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. He takes on Orange Cassidy defending that title. And I feel a little bit bad for Orange Cassidy because the resident slacker of AEW is probably going to take a little bit of a beating in this one. And I kind of like Osprey to retain here. AEW Women's World Championship between two AEW personalities. We have Thunder Rosa defending the title against rising star Tony Storm. And then there's the three-way tag team match for both the ROH and IWGP Tag Team Championships. The winner will take home both titles. We have FTR, who are the ROH champions, the United Empire of Great Khan and Jeff Cobb, who are the IWGP champions, as well as Rapunky Vice of Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. That should be a fun match. Still a few more matches to come, and there are rumors of IWGP champion Jay White defending his title at this show as well. Adam Cole, Hangman Adam Page are rumored possible opponents. It could be a two-way, it could be a three-way. We'll see what happens on AEW TV this week. Should be a very exciting show. And earlier that day, there will be a Warrior Wrestling show just down the street at Malcolm X College, literally just blocks away from the United Center, just across the parking lot. And there'll be a fun show as well. We'll get into that in just a little bit. WWE real quick. And Vince McMahon steps down from his CEO role with the company after reports recently surfaced that he allegedly had an improper relationship with a paralegal and there was supposedly a hush money payout upon her exit from the company. So this is kind of a mess for WWE's image right now. Publicly traded company, big TV contracts with Fox and NBC Universal, as well as the network being on Peacock in the States now. So this whole thing with Vince could be really messy. And of course, Vince is still in charge of creative for whatever reason. They won't take him out of that role. That's the one role we really wanted him out of. So uh, at some point, we hope maybe he steps down from that position as well. And I have a feeling this is just the tip of the iceberg with this situation with WWE. Impact Slammiversary was this past Sunday night, 20 years of Impact Wrestling. It was a pretty darn good show. And on the pre-show with the Impact Digital Media Championship, Rich Swan pins Brian Myers after a 450. Shark Boy wins the reverse battle royal. That was quite the weird concept. And then on the main show, we had some really great matches here. The Ultimate X match for the Impact X Division Championship. Your new Impact X Division champ is Speedball, Mike Bailey, defeating Ace Austin, who was the champion coming in, Kenny King, Trey Miguel, Alex Zane, and Andrew Everett, who was taking Jack Evans' place. Impact Knockouts Tag Team Titles. Your new champions, Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie, defeated the influence of Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood as Rosemary hits the butterfly butt buster and pins Madison Rain. Monsters Ball match goes to Sammy Callahan, who pins Moose after three pile drivers. Impact World Tag Team Championships. 
We have a title change here as well. The Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, are your new Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions. They knock off the Briscoes to win the titles. Good Brothers hit Jay with the Magic Killer and get the pin. Big time 10-man tag team match. The Impact Originals of the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, along with Frankie Gazarian, who's currently in AEW, but came back to work with this match. And then Nick Aldis and Davey Richards was a surprise appearance. And they defeat Honor No More of Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent. In the Queen of the Mountain match for the Impact Knockouts World Championship, Mickey James was the special guest enforcer for this one. Jordan Grace, Thick Mama Pump, wins the championship by defeating defending champion Tasha Steeles, Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, and Mia Yim in a five-way match. And this also included Mia Yim pushing both Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo off a ladder and onto a table which was set up outside the ring. I saw a video clip of that and wow. It's crazy when the guys do it, but when the women do it, it's even more crazy. And then in the main event, the Impact World Championship, walking weapon Josh Alexander retains the title. He pins Eric Young after a C4 power driver. And Alexander had to overcome some outside interference as well from Eric Young's mates in Violent by Design. Turning to local action this past week, great Big-time freelance wrestling show, their eighth anniversary, Freelance versus the World at Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago. And for the Freelance World Championship, Storm Grayson realizes the dream, pins Robert Ego Anthony with Frank the Clown in his corner with a crucifix pin after he kicked out of Ego's Mandalorian driver to win the championship. So congratulations to Storm Grayson who's now a double champion under the Freelance umbrella. He's the Freelance World Champion, and he's also the Freelance Underground Independent Champion. In the last year and a half to two years, Storm Grayson is on absolute fire. He's on top of Freelance right now. It'd be interesting to see where he goes from here. And I just have that feeling within the next year or so, if he so desires, he'll be working regularly for one of the bigger wrestling companies in the world, whether it's AEW, WWE slash NXT, or someplace like that. I just think he's that good. He's really kind of risen his profile. And again, congratulations, Storm Grayson. Pride of Naperville. Yeah, let's not knock Naperville. Naperville is awesome. And so is Joliet. Sorry, freelance faithful, but I live in the suburbs. Storm Grayson does too. I also have family in Naperville. So yeah, it's not the city. I know I grew up in the city, so I have connections. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> then we had this terrific freelance legacy championship. Brian Keith defended the title. He retains pinning Trey Miguel after a soul fire bomb. That was one hell of a match. And then we had the freelance tag team championship. And it turned out to be a triple threat match with ladders legal. It wasn't a traditional ladder match since the defending champions, the take-it-home wreckers, Darren Corbin and Bucky Collins, presented doctor's notes saying that they are afraid of heights. So Freelance waived the ladder match stipulation where the belts would be hoisted above the ring. But instead, ladders were still legal in the match, and it was a pinfall or submission finish. 
and your new freelance tag team champions are the Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews, when they defeat both the Take It Home Wreckers and Pick and Pop, when Matthews ends up pinning Coda Hernandez after a 450 splash and Davey Spanish Fly off of a ladder. Crazy match. And then once again, Darius Latrell of Pick and Pop, another impact high-flying maneuver in that match as well. The sky's the limit for Darius Latrell. I really love what he's done the last year or so in both freelance and freelance underground. Lumberjack match, the Freelance Academy students surrounding ringside, and Xavier Sky upsets Project Monix. And I hate to say it to Project Monix, but Xavier Sky has his number right now. This is like the third time that Sky has kind of gotten over on him, first in a tag match, then throwing him out of the Battle Royal last month, and now pinning him after a brain buster here at Freelance versus the World. So, I thought maybe Monix was kind of luring in Sky, but Sky seems to have his number, and we'll see where this goes from here. And then we had Kylie Ray pinning Alfonso Gonzalez after she super kicked a chair into Alfonso's face behind the referee's back. Alfonso was trying to use the chair against Kylie, but Kylie beat him to the punch with the super kick. Then, six person tag team match, and this was physically brutal for this type of match. Jesse V, Mark Wheeler, and Taylor Rising defeat the trio of Sam Beal, Jason Hotch, and Blair Onyx when Wheeler ends up pinning Onyx after assisted lung blower. And unfortunately, during the course of that match, Blair Onyx injured her AC joint in her shoulder and will miss some time now. Good luck to Blair Onyx. We wish her well and a speedy recovery. And she had just been doing so well over the last few months in the Chicago area. It's so sad to see her get injured now when things were looking very much on the up and up for her. Scrabble match. We had freelance underground champion Calvin Tankman making an appearance, and he wins the Scrabble match by defeating Chico Suave, Fretman Jassi, Colt Radrick, Angel Escalera, and Bradley Prescott IV when Tankman nails the Tankman driver and pins Prescott. Tag team action here. GPA and Laney defeat the premiere of SK Bishop and Campbell Myers when Laney hit the unicutter and pinned Bishop following a nut shot by GPA. And I'm going to throw this out right now. Within the next few months, and you're going to see it, strong feeling on this. GPA and Laney will be freelance tag team champions. That's a prediction right here on Windy City Slam. So watch out for that. I have a feeling it's going to happen very soon. Then we had one other little detail. Matt Nix, before the main event, comes out to thank the fans for their support of eight years of freelance wrestling before everybody's favorite guy to hate, Trevor Outlaw, comes out, interrupts, and then got punched in the face for his trouble. Great show for freelance. Very excited to see their show next week over the Emporium Arcade Bar. That'll be an IWTV, as well as Freelance Underground next weekend, July the 2nd in Joliet. That should be really cool, too. We'll talk more about those shows next week. On Saturday night, June the 18th, Warrior Wrestling 23 was at the Delta Plex Arena in Grand Rapids. The War of Attrition match for the Warrior Wrestling Championship. Crazy match. Dramatic moments throughout, very well booked, a great story from the beginning. And you're new. Yes, we have a new Warrior Wrestling Champion, and he wasn't even originally in the match. Casey Navarro wins the championship, 
cashing in his GMSI medallion during the final stage of the match when it was just down to Will Ospreay, the defending champion, and Brian Pillman Jr. to make it a triple threat. Kind of like that Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match from several years ago where Seth Rollins cashed in during the course of that match to make it a triple threat, and he himself won the WWE Championship. During the course of that last stage, Navarro pushes Osprey through a table that was set up around the ringside area, and then he went to work on Pillman. Osprey eventually recovered, but then Brian Cage music hits. Cage hits the ring, ends up helping Navarro by clotheslining Pillman, delivering a drill claw to Osprey, and then Navarro hits his finish, the Jesus piece on Pillman, to pin him for the championship. So basically, earlier in the evening, Navarro and Cage had a one-on-one grudge match to determine who would end up taking Matt Cardona's spot in the War of Attrition. Cage ended up winning that match. So Navarro didn't even have to start that match. And then he kind of came along later on. First fall off that match, we had Osprey, Pillman, Jake Something, and Swerve Strickland. They defeat Jeff Cobb, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, and Sam Adonis, who is replacing Davey Richards in the match. Since he was not able to show for the match, he had a family matter to take care of. Pillman ends up pinning Adonis with a roll-up to win that first fall. And then Pillman chooses Will Ospreay as his partner. And then Ospreay ends up pinning Jake Something, who was teamed up with Swerve Strickland to win the second fall. And in a little bit of a swerve, so to speak, Ospreay actually hits the hidden blade on Pillman before the end of that second match. And then Osprey takes the pinfall on something and then tried to pin Pillman immediately when the third fall started. And that was great strategy and, and great, great storytelling, great booking right there. Very genius stuff right there by the Warrior Wrestling team. Osprey couldn't get the pin there and that match continued. But one hell of a War of Attrition match. It might even be my favorite out of all the ones they've had. And they've all been really, really good matches. Also, the Warrior Wrestling Women's Championship, Athena, retains by pinning AQA with the O-Face, formerly known as the Eclipse. Frank the Clown had signed AQA to a one-night contract with a team option as he was hoping to have a goodbye party for Athena. He and Trevor Law all came out with a cake and everything. And then Frank announced his intentions with AQA. AQA was fighting for Frank the Clown during that match, but it didn't work out as Athena won the match. And then afterwards, Frank scattered and poor Trevor Outlaw. What a bad weekend that guy had. Face full of cake, courtesy of both Athena and AQA. You saw the pictures on Windy City Slam's Twitter. A lot of people retweeted it too. And I just have to say, I mean, I feel really bad for Trevor because he is one of my personal favorite guests on this show. No matter what anybody thinks of him personally. And he really took it on the chin this weekend, both from Matt Nix and then from Athena at Warrior Wrestling. Oof. And then we had the Warrior Wrestling Lucha Championship, and the winner of this match ended up qualifying for Davey Richards' spot in the War of Attrition, and Sabadonis retained over Ray Leon with a 450 splash. The aforementioned match had Brian Cage pinning Casey Navarro after a drill claw. Tag team action, Violence is Forever, Dom Garini and Kevin Koo defeat Myron Reed and Dante Leon when Garini made Leon pass out to a triangle choke. And then in the women's match, Chelsea Green pins Tootie Lynn after an unprettier. Even though she had tapped out, 
while Tootie Lynn had her in a submission hold, but Jerry, Jeremy Tillema was down after an accidental kick from, I believe, Tootie Lynn to knock him down. Great show from Warrior Wrestling. And moving on to next weekend, Warrior Wrestling 24, Malcolm X College in Chicago, matinee show. The VIP Fan Fest starts at noon, 2 p.m. main card. The VIP Fan Fest will feature matches from the Women's Wrestling Army taping. Will they have the Mission Pro Championship with Holiday defending against Janai Kai and also Diana Perrazzo versus Ashley Vox. Main card will see the rascals of Trey Miguel, Zach Wentz, and Myron Reed against Nick Wayne, Blake Christian, and Fuego Del Sol. Then we have the Warrior Wrestling Champion. That's right, the Warrior Wrestling Champion. And I don't know if this is an official title match or not. That has not been announced as of recording time from Warrior Wrestling. He takes on your new Impact X Division Champion, Speedball Mike Bailey. So two guys with newly won gold, Navarro against Bailey, in a rematch from a couple of months ago from back at Indianapolis, should be a terrific match. Then we have Davey Richards scheduled to take on Filthy Tom Lawler. Beastman returns to Warrior Wrestling, taking on Mike Bennett. The six-man Lucha Scramble with Chicago's own Gringo Loco. Golden Dragon, another Gali Lucha Libre favorite. Ninja Mac, ASF, Dragon Bane, and Alpha Wolf. Plus also, at the Fan Fest, Chris Hero, Kevin Kelly, and Denise Salcedo will be making appearances. Should be a fun time at Warrior Wrestling, part of a huge wrestling day in the Chicago area on the west side. Plus, Sunday, June the 26th, if you're out in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, early in the day at, at the Bridgeview Community Center, Chicago Card Show, Johnny Gargano will be making an appearance, photo ops, autographs, and more. Plus, there'll be other former Chicago Bears stars there as well. So kind of a cool little thing. 9.30 in the morning until 11.30 in the morning, Gargano will be in Bridgeview signing autographs for fans. So if you're on your way in to downtown for Warrior and the Forbidden Door, stop by and see Johnny Gargano first. Plus, this weekend, Saturday, June the 25th, and we'll talk about this a little bit more with Mason Perks as well, Powell Entertainment's Saturday Night Fights, T-Wood Bar and Grill in Wooddale, 8 p.m. bell time, Meat Hooks O'Bannon takes on Tommy McCobb. Trog faces Scott Spade with Tiny in his corner. Then it's Mason Perks against Kazile. Power Entertainment's JPH, the newly defected JPH, now with Power Entertainment, takes on Southland Championship Wrestling's Aaron Xavier. And then Jimmy Blaze faces SCW's VJ Price. Also in the area, Friday night, Brew City Wrestling up in Milwaukee at the Wrestling Taco, actually in West Allis. I believe that's a free show, but check out Bruce City's Facebook for more details. Saturday, June the 25th, PWX makes its debut at the Bourbon Eagles Club for Gold Rush. Also Saturday night, if you want to travel up to Sheboygan, we have One Fall Entertainment presenting Full Force. And Sunday afternoon, if you're in the south suburbs and can't get into the city, Ileana Pro Wrestling is at the VFW Post in Richton Park. All right, coming up in just a couple of minutes here. Our special guest this week from POW Entertainment, it's your boy, Mason Perks. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? 
Windy City Slam podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast. Very excited to have, for the very first time on the program, he's really returning from injury. He's Powell Entertainment prospect, rising star. It's your boy, Mason Burks. Mason, how you doing? Oh, I am living that American dream. Mike, how are we doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for coming on. Oh, it's an honor to be on. Show's been going on for quite a while now. Had some great guests, and I'm just honored to you know be added to that list now. So thank you, Mike. Absolutely. Um, was really really impressed with seeing you last year, and you had your stuff together for sure when I when I checked you out uh, last year over at Power Entertainment. I was very hungry. <laughs> uh, to put it to put it lightly, and we can always you know get into it, of course. But I stepped away for about three years to go to college. And when I came back, when you saw me at that time period last year, that was when I was first getting back into it. And I was just, like I said, long story short, I was very hungry. I was hitting the gym hard. I couldn't wait to get back in the ring and be back in the environment I'm the most comfortable in. And it just all was sort of coming together. So it was a good time. And thankfully now, things are right back on track with that. So... Okay, so you recently returned from an injury. Now, what exactly happened, and, and, and when did it happen? So, basically, it was my right knee, and we weren't too sure what it was. I went and got an MRI after a match. Um, the first match where I felt something was off, and I just basically felt a pop in my knee. And that was wrestling in Rockford for UCW against Matt Creed. So we had a nice little trilogy that went for three matches, and this was in the first one. So it was basically as unexciting as it is sometimes. Just step the wrong way too fast, you know, moving around. Mm -hmm. So whatever, I think I just pop my knee, go to the doctor. They're like, eh, we're not too sure. Seems like you're fine. So, you know, I'm working out all the time the job that I have outside of wrestling. My whole life is very physical. So the doctor's like, I don't really see a problem here. Keep going. And basically I would have matches every weekend. And for the next two months, I would have these matches where basically at one point or another, the knee went out. I was a one legged, one legged man. And, you know, great. So it was, it was just rough. But as I was saying earlier, I was so hungry to be back. And I'm still so hungry and determined. I know the goals I have in mind for myself. And I wasn't going to really let anything slow me down. So my knee would pop out in these matches. And I would basically continue to wrestle on it. And it would pop back in. I'd be like, all right, we're good. The, the weekend before Russell Rage of this year, of course, I'm in Cadillac, Michigan. And I'm wrestling a dog collar match against Mongo, the Michigan-made monster Mongo. Very big guy. <laughs> so, needless to say, the match was very physical. 
got, you know, choked out for the first time in my life, hung over a top rope, knee went out twice. Great match. One of my favorites. The knee did not like it. So that was kind of it. Went back to the hotel room that night. Basically was, you know, doing the after party that us wrestlers love to do so much sometimes, hanging out with the boys, and just couldn't get back to my hotel room, literally. So I had to have two people that I'll re- re- keep unnamed, excuse me, help me to the room. Hopefully it'll be okay. It was not okay. <laughs> so, but Wrestle Rage was the upcoming weekend. So do the match for Wrestle Rage where me and Kazile are going for the tag team titles and a four-way tag match. So we do the match. I go to the doctor and the doctor looks at it and he's like, your meniscus is a bucket handle tear. So to break it down, the shape of a meniscus kind of has like a somewhat of a C shape if you Google it. Okay. So there's kind of roots. And I basically ripped it from the top of the C all the way to the bottom of the C. So not like a straight line somewhere, but it ripped through. So the doctor was like, yeah, we're operating like immediately, essentially. So that kind of put everything to a rather immediate hold, you know? And when things like that happen, you kind of have to adjust. You can let something like that bring you down or use it as motivation to come back even stronger and better than ever. So long story short with that, we did the surgery and it was a little worse than um, the doctor thought. So he was like, it's ripped just like we thought. And you kind of flip the muscle over, which was kind of like what felt like your knee was popping out. So you have a long road ahead of you, essentially is what I was told. But being so determined to come back, I had that surgery, I believe it was like November 11th, somewhere around that date, um, right around yeah, November 11th, something like that. And then I came back and had my first match back about a month ago, and it's um, June now, so May. That was about five months I was out-ish. So I was essentially just doing rehab every day and watching a lot of tape, a lot of promos, because I just couldn't keep myself away from the number one passion and thing that drives me in my life, which is professional wrestling and largely POW Entertainment. That company is my home. Do anything for that company, and I will always rep power entertainment no matter where i go so a lot to say about them so yeah let's turn the page a little bit uh when you came back you worked a little bit with rockford damage and you also worked this past weekend with uh uwe up in cadillac michigan so how's it been feeling getting back into the swing of things oh it's absolutely amazing i mean i couldn't ask for anything different you know it's just like I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but all I can say is it's almost like a weight off of my shoulders. I'm sitting on the couch, you know, just doing leg raises, trying to get my knee back to moving. It's a long recovery in those couple of months, but I was just so determined to get back to where I am now. And now that I'm back on these shows, I'm, (laughs) 
I'm back on the good side of the fan with the fans in a lot of places. So, you know, I'm getting some popularity back, which is amazing. I love the fans. So I, I really couldn't feel any better hitting the gym, doing everything I can for myself to make sure I'm in the best position to put on the best matches and essentially give those fans what they deserve for the money they're paying for those shows. And now let's jump ahead to this coming weekend. POW Entertainment returns this Saturday night, June the 25th, T-Wood Bar and Grill in Wooddale. The show is called Saturday Night Fights. And usually the Saturday Night Fight show features a lot of uh, younger talent and guys kind of coming up and you fit that bill very well. And on that night, it will be you against your one-time tag team partner, Kazile. Oh, Kazile. To start, all I really have to say, the main topic of this whole June 25th, you got to be there. So if you are one of the good listeners, the faithful, I'll call you, to this podcast, do yourself a favor for being such a good listener. Get a ticket to this show because I'm promising one of the best matches. Not even that. We always deliver at T-Woods. And you were just talking about how we have the younger talent on these shows. It's a bunch of us, as you just said, younger talent, hungry. And that's where, essentially, a lot of people like Fox Lake because that's our Madison Square Garden. This is kind of like our, I want to compare it to Philadelphia ECW because it's not, nothing can compare to them. But that's kind of our backyard where some of the younger talent feels a little bit more comfortable to go out there and put a little bit more on the line, risk it a little bit more, where you get a little bit more of an exciting show, if you know what I mean. A little crazier uh, stuff going on. Absolutely. I mean, T-Woods is kind of essentially, it's, it's typically a highlight show, you know, because we're all out there trying to have a good time. And then it's T-Woods. The bar is right there. There's so much to do. It's nice having the waitresses come in. It's a very unique show in general. And then this Saturday specifically is going to be so special. Because like you said, me and Kazile, me and that boy got history. Mm-hmm. So as you said, we we tagged and we went for the tag team titles at Russell Ridge. And it was short-lived. I was trying to get figure out what he's doing right now i just i just don't understand i've known kazile for a long time and i know kazile isn't kazile he's trying to put up something to intimidate people get the fans to buy into something but i know he's simply one of the best wrestlers in the midwest Mm -hmm. he needs to be simply the best that he can be and I'll just put it like that for right now. I'm hoping to slap a little sense into him this Saturday with a little bit of that perks flash. It's going to be exciting. But honestly, I'm really hoping to get my friend back out of this somehow because the dude's going nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, stabbing people with forks on a regular basis, which <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that, man. He's, he's dangerous. I'm well aware of the situation I'm walking into this Saturday. And I don't take it lightly. I don't know what he's going to do. But like I said, I always have a plan in mind. And I know that I'm going to be doing some stuff that you never seen your boy do. And you're going to want to see it if you're near Wooddale. If you're in Illinois, you're going to want to see it. So it's going to be very exciting this Saturday. I can't wait. And everything else on the card, the card is stacked. 
So we should have some really good matches coming up. I'm pretty sure there's me hooks and uh, Tommy McCobb. Mm-hmm. We have all sorts of people. I'm not even going to lie to you though, man. I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm thinking about Kazile. So this Saturday, make sure you're there at Wooddale, but essentially just got to take it one day at a time, I suppose. Yeah. And that Kazile, I mean, over the last year or so, he's, he's kind of jumped off the deep end a little bit. He's, he's a little crazy. He's kind of creepy, a little maniacal. I just don't know what to make of him. And then you bring up the forks. Yeah. And he's running with a different crowd now with Tommy McCobb. So what do you, what can you do to try to maybe straighten him out? You see the thing I think with Kazile is I think the mind games that he plays works with most of these people. But I know Kazile better than most of these people. So if he wants to come for a fight and try and hurt me, I know how to defend myself. I'm a former power tag team. I've, I have a few things under my belt, just like Kazile does. And basically, my strategy going into there with Kazile is I'm going to try to bring the mind games to him and try and get into his head a little bit. Because I think that's somewhere that everywhere else, everyone else is afraid to be, is in Kazile's head. Yeah, going back to your training, uh, you trained with Jimmy Blaze at the Powell School, right? I did. And that was all the way back in 2015 when I began training with him, which feels like it was a long time ago, but it was really just a short seven years ago now. And I've made some of the best friendships of my life. And the school of Powell Entertainment and the training of people like Jim Blaze, I'll even throw Trevor Blanchard in there as well, Dazzling Donnie. There's a lot of good people that come into that school that want nothing but the best for the students. And I heavily owe the wrestler I am and a part of the man I am to Powell Entertainment 100%. And that's why I back this company so much. No matter where I go, I'll always be with this company. Now, I stand neutral on so many things. But home is home. And Power Entertainment, if you're looking to become a professional wrestler and you're serious about it and you want to know how to go out there and work a professional wrestling match, Power Entertainment is the school to go to. We have a lot of very smart and wise guys in this business in the Chicago area. And Jimmy Blaze is right at the top of that list. So last year, you started getting on more shows over the summer, You coming back from college and all that. You, I got to see you wrestle last July in Bridgeview for that really fun outdoor show. And initially it was you versus Jimmy Blaze, kind of a student versus teacher deal. And then it got a little crazy. Uh, Joey Roth and Roxy and BMI came out to kind of stick their nose into things. And then it turned into a six-man tag with you and BMI against Jimmy, Eric Freedom, and Mickey Shannon, who I know actually pretty well, uh, who was in Jimmy's corner during your brief one-on-one match. So... How, what was that experience like facing a lot of veteran guys in that match? Well, I was very flustered. I mean, in a situation like that, you have to be at the top of your game. Now, I was out there originally with Jimmy Blaze just one-on-one and Mickey Shannon in his corner, which is a lot to deal with on its own. And also at that time, I wasn't exactly in good standings with our fans either. So I was nervous. <laughs> but then. BMI and Roxy come out. Mickey starts doing so. It got all hairy. So now we have a six-man tag because Commissioner Hedford 
does what he always does and makes a match. So here I am now. I was originally wrestling just Jimmy Blaze with Mickey Shannon in his corner. And now somehow I'm tagging with BMI against a former AWA legend, not even former, AWA legend, Mickey Shannon. He's been there, done that, knows a few things. And he knows how to choke people out, which I found out at the end of the match. <laughs> but there were so many things from that match that were so memorable and I'll never forget. And a lot of people, you know, were like, I can't believe you got choked out by Mickey Shannon. I was like, well, if you would have told me I got choked out by Mickey Shannon two years ago, I wouldn't have believed it either. But here we are today. I'm a better professional wrestler for it. So in the end, thank you, Mickey Shannon, I guess, because, you know, whenever someone gets close to the throat now, I get anxious. So, but yeah, there was, there was much takeaway from that match. It was a very fun time in Bridgeview. Yeah. Since you're, injury and then sabbatical as well seems like you've changed your demeanor upon your return to power entertainment now uh was it just the time away did it humble you a little bit how did that uh how did that come about um there was a lot to it but there was one primary factor um i was i was at every show that i was not on first of all i saw everything that was going on and that includes everything that scw has done to my home of power entertainment, including, you know, it all started on wrestle rage, which I was there for that one. And on my torn meniscus, I ran out in that one. So when I couldn't do anything, I just had to sit there and see what was going on as basically this company from Shabans is trying to kick in our door. It kind of made me sit back and think about it. Well, what's more important my ego here and thinking, you know, these fans aren't all that or these fans basically being the ones that keep this house up in the first place. And I'm going to back these people that have always backed me. So I kind of just had a reality check with myself and being, you know what, it's time to start turning around and thinking about what's really important. And that's where I came from, which is power entertainment and the, the people that have supported me from day one, which are primarily the fans of power entertainment. And since I started, it's branched out. And now I have fans that support me in numerous States. And it's amazing. I'm thankful for every single one of them. And honestly, it feels good to come back to them a little bit. You know, you know what I mean? It feels good to be on the right side, on the good side. <laughs> yeah. Let's go step back just a little bit. Uh, you and blaze seem to have a pretty hot rivalry last summer and until kind of right around when you got injured. And in fact, he was going to put his in-ring career on the line in a match against you before you went out. So what was it like to, to kind of have that little run in with, with Jimmy over the course of a few different months last year? Well, you see me, me and Jimmy have uh, one hell of a story that I can't take all of our podcast time to get into, but me and Jimmy, have a love hate relationship with each other. I'll say that I owe my entire career to that man. And I'm the professional wrestler I am because of him. But in a lot of situations with students and teachers, we don't always see things the same way. And I was on such a kick when I came back to just kick indoors and take what I wanted that (laughs) with Jimmy, I like to push his buttons. And you go back and you watch the footage. I made that man angry. So it, it just kind of happened that way. And it was a domino effect of trying to one-up each other to where he was willing to put his career on the line. 
And basically, I know Jimmy, I don't want to say better than anyone, but I know Jimmy very, very, very well. And that's why as one of his top students who is at the top of his game right now, I was able to capitalize on the mistakes I saw that I've known from my trainer. So unfortunate for him that I was kind of just in reality, a douchebag and took advantage of things, but I was winning. He didn't like it. And it escalated real quick where we are now. I don't really know. We don't talk about it. <laughs> so we kind of have locked eyes a couple of times when there are things going on with SCW and we're both out there ready to defend home. So I think we kind of have a mutual understanding right now if we have other problems, but you know, Right now, the main thing on my mind, to be honest with you, Mike, is this Saturday with Kazile. Mm-hmm. So that's the primary focus with me right now is this Saturday, Wooddale, T-Woods. I can't let him get the best of me. I will not let him get the best of me. Your boy is coming out on top this Saturday. Now, 2022. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. One thing I really like about Powell entertainment, like a couple of other promotions in the era, Powell is very, very good at long range storytelling. I mean, they let feuds kind of play out a little bit over the course of a few shows, a few months. And your little thing with Jimmy blaze was also part of that as well. And I really, really like that about Powell entertainment. Now, is that something that really, really draws you to professional wrestling too, is long range storytelling? Oh, Absolutely. So people, it's funny because people actually ask me all the time, they're like, well, what about it for professional wrestling does it for you? And obviously, other than the action of being a superhero or a supervillain, being a professional wrestler, you know, like it's the long term storytelling. It's you can watch something for a year and be invested the whole year watching on a weekly basis if there's just a good story to it. Now, are you going to have to do things to buy time and do all that other stuff? that's a part of the story if you know how to tell a good long-term story and that's kind of the fun of it. And sometimes, you know, you have a long-term story plan. It ain't working. Well, now what are you going to do? You have a decision to make, you know, and that's kind of one of those stressful, but also exciting parts of that as well, because now you can take a turn and take a chance or you can, you know, you can stick to what you have planned, but with, there are so many stories that have just, gone on for years throughout wrestling that will always be told and always be remembered and that's because they were given a long enough time and a big enough story for people to really digest it it's not just a match for the sake of a wrestling match but there's emotion into this and that's the primary that's the key ingredient in professional wrestling is emotions because that's what that's why we cheer that's why we boo that's why we get upset it's why anything and professional is because we feel something and that's the best part about it is our job as professional wrestlers is to one try and win and freaking go out there and make you feel something either like us or hate us and there's really nothing else in the world that's quite like it sports love watching sports incredible athletes they're not being paid to go out there and make sure people are having a good time Professional wrestling is long-term storytelling, and that's where you get the meat of it, so to say. 
Okay, let's go a little bit about your personal background now. You graduated from Full Sail University, Winter Park, Florida. That's just outside of Orlando. And that school is known for its media production and all that and the like. And now you're in the backyard of NXT, which used to tape its weekly TV programs at Full Sail Live right on campus there. So did you get a chance to see NXT while you were down there, or even help out with anything with them? I did. Um I went to a, so the students, you get free tickets if you do certain, um, you sign up for stuff, whatever. And personally, I am a believer of if you can't personally consume something or get involved, how are you going to try to get other people to buy into what you're doing? You know, it's, I'm one of those people where you give a little, you get a little. And I love professional wrestling. It's right there at my school on a free ticket. Why would I not go? So I went to one show, basically went there. I figured out how to work production for the shows. So then I worked about four or five shows uh, of NXT on their production crew, which um, there's the NXT production crew and then there's the school's uh, student event crew. So I was with the school's student event crew, just so there's no confusion, mm-hmm. but we're working under their lighting crew. So we're putting up the lights. There was actually a point where um, I don't think I've ever really told this story, definitely not on a public forum, but it's really a pretty interesting one. There was a time where they were doing the NXT tapings, live crowd and everything. So we're kind of by the production area where they have the lighting consoles and all that stuff. And uh, their head guy, who was their production manager, which I won't say his name, but I'm, he's right next to me. And they did this little thing where they had the NXT title on a stand on the stage. Mm-hmm. And basically, I believe they were going to either a commercial break or they were cutting to something in ring but they needed the title off the stage. So he literally tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, go grab the title right now. And in a situation like you, you have to do what your PM says. So I can't think about my personal life of, you know, I'm a professional wrestler. How do I feel about grabbing the NX? So I just went up there, did as I was told, grabbed the belt, brought it right back over and handed it to him. And I just kind of thought about it for a second. Cause I did take one second to look at it. And I was like, this I was like, this is very interesting because I'm doing t- my two passions right now. I'm working for production, the behind the scenes aspect, which makes wrestling so much larger than life, which I think is amazing, which is why I went to school for it. I'm doing that right now, but I'm also holding this NXT championship. That was literally the NXT championship. Yeah. For that, And I just had one glance at it and I gave it right back to the guy because I'm a professional. And would, plus, I wouldn't want to hold it on a personal aspect. I would want to earn it before I ever touched it. Personal side note, but professionally gave it right back. But it's always stuck with me that second where I was like, that is not how I want this to go. I want to be on that and winning that championship and showing the world what I'm truly passionate about and what I can do in that squared circle. And I, which is belief <laughs> gets me so excited, but I truly believe I could be one of the best, entertainers and professional wrestlers and truly make a difference and impact some people's lives and make you feel things in a way that just a lot of wrestlers just don't do anymore because like we were just talking about with long-term storytelling i view wrestling in a very specific way and i'm all about the emotion of it so when i get the chance to do that it's it's really a treat for me that is so cool. You had to hold the same title as guys like Seth Rollins and Big E and Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Tommaso Ciampa. So many great professional wrestlers from today held that title. That's a really cool moment for you. Now, 
since during your sabbatical from the in-ring action, you were doing some little behind the scenes production stuff for POW too. So what exactly did you do for them? And what was that like? Good question, honestly. And I appreciate you actually asking that because a lot of people don't really, I don't want to say don't care for, but it's not typically asked about as far as the production and how does the show actually happen? People are worrying about what's happening in the ring and rightfully so. So the production aspect was in a way very humbling, but it was also my honor to be able to help and give back to a company that has given everything to me when they can. And here I am not able to give my abilities in the way I would like to of being a performer. So let me give my abilities in the way this that I can, which is production. And I personally believe that it was a little bit of a treat because I got to, you know, talk to Jim people that help with the production there. I'm like, Hey, this is my ideas. What do you guys think? And it's kind of opened the door for me in a production aspect and gained me a little bit of respect in that way as well. So you're still pretty young. What are some of your goals in this business? And obviously we've seen power entertainment talent go up to the next level, the big level, the big stage. We've seen Joey Ariola sign with NXT and become Tony D'Angelo. And I'm really digging what he's doing there right now with the D'Angelo family. It's really good stuff. And I'm so happy to see a local guy make it big. So is that something that you kind of have your eyes on down the line over the next few years? Oh, absolutely. Any chance for exposure, chance to just give myself to the world of professional wrestling anywhere around the world, basically. I've been wrestling in the Midwest and I want to change that. I want to wrestle around the country and then eventually around the continent and then around the world and basically wrestle anywhere I can for any, anybody that wants to see your boy Mason Perks. So my goals in professional wrestling are, I would like to wrestle on TV one day. I'm not exactly very political. I'll put it like that. I just want to have the chance to be a professional wrestler and do what I've always wanted to do since I was a child. So my goals in that is essentially hitting the gym every day and doing everything I can right now to basically someone knock on my door and be like, hey, would you like to try and do this and let it snowball to wherever life takes me? I try to live my days, not one day at a time, because I think it's important to have goals, as you just mentioned, but also be very present in what you're doing. So my goals right now are June 25th with Kazile, but in the future, I just want to travel the world and wrestle anywhere that I can, long story short. All right, before we let you go, Mason, let's talk a little bit about your social media, uh, if you have any merchandise down the pike coming, and upcoming shows you might have. Social medias are It's Your Boy Perks on all platforms, so feel free to follow me anywhere that you would like. So yeah, upcoming events, we definitely have some coming up this Saturday, obviously June 25th. Uh, T Wood Bar and Grill. Your boy is going to be taking on Kazile. Hopefully, going to smack some sense into him then. Cadillac, Michigan is coming up in August. UWE Pro Wrestling over there. We do have Damage Inc. coming up in about a month as well. So, your boy is going to be bouncing around a little bit. I'm going to be trying to add some new shows on the lineups as well. So, make sure you follow those social medias. I'll be keeping you guys up to date as well on there. All right, Mason Perks, thank you so much for coming out Windy City Slam Podcast. We will be watching your career with great interest over the next few years. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate your time, man.
All right, great conversation with it's your boy, Mason Parks. Frank excited to see where his career goes from here. He'll be wrestling for Pow Entertainment this Saturday night, Saturday night fights at T Wood Bar and Grill in Wooddale. Check out Jimmy Blaze's shows. They're really good. Pow Entertainment, a fun promotion to check out. I've been to a couple of their shows over the last couple of years. Always a good time. Great storytelling, great action. I highly recommend it. All right, next week, plenty to talk about with the big weekend here in Chicago. Plus, we'll return with a special guest. He's making his first ever appearance here on Windy City Slam. The strongman known to fans in promotions such as Freelance Underground and Game Changer Wrestling, the Iron Demon, Shane Mercer. We'll talk about his Freelance Underground Championship match scheduled for July 2nd in Joliet against Calvin Tankman and much more right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.